When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Betches Media presents the Betches Brides podcast a show for the wedding obsessed and the brides who are stressed. Because after all, it's only one day of your life. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Betches Brides podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Pellegrino, and today we have a great episode for you guys. This has been a highly requested one. Let me just tell you in my DMs, I always get questions about none other than my fabulous wedding photos. I gotta say, not to sound braggy or whatever, but like my wedding photos, I probably, I can't even, I can't get started because I'll go on and on about how much I love them. Mike and I stare at them daily. Now that we actually got a puppy though, we stare at him and the wedding photos, so it's fine. Um, I am joined by Alex Ashman, my wedding photographer, the woman behind the fabulous photos. Welcome, Alex, to the show. Hello, Nicole. Thank you so much for having me on today. I am thrilled to be here. I'm so excited. I'm like, just to, I can't even stress to you the amount. I know I text you all the time and I'm like, (laughs) remind me, what did you do for my photo? Like, how did we get this shot? You know, these questions, because you really, I mean, you were one of the key vendors of the wedding day. So thank you for that. Thank Um, you. Yeah. Before we get into like all of the questions that our audience submitted about like photo logistics and preparing for your wedding with your photographer, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? This is my favorite story. Like, <laughs> how did you get into wedding photography or photography in general? Yes. So weird, weird path of life. And I mean, I think first off, anyone born into my family, any of the Ashwins pretty much come out with a camera in their hand, but I do it professionally. Mm -hmm. So I worked and I don't know if this is like a common thing for all towns, but I grew up in a resort, little beach town on a boardwalk kind of vibe. And there's a place called Old Time Photos. I don't know if you're familiar. (laughs) You dress like a cowboy or a saloon girl or a gangster. You get up on the bar. Someone takes your pictures, sells them. So I worked there for five years and ate it up every day. (laughs) Wait, I didn't know this. That's so funny. Yes. Oh, my God, really? So I worked there all through high school and into college. And it is actually insane how much I learned from there. At that time, I was going to school to be an elementary school teacher Junior year changed and I was like, you know what? I I want a ladder to climb. I want to be one of the best in the world. I want to do huge, great things and reach big audiences and do a job that's creative that I get to travel. And I loved being a photographer on the side. So I was like, all right, junior year changing my whole life. I'm going to go to be a photographer. 
Someone mm-hmm. said, uh, shooting fashion is the hardest industry to get into. And I said, perfect. I'll start there. <laughs> oh, my God. So I did. So I got an internship, worked for a fashion company for seven years. And several years ago, started freelancing. I left that company. But mm-hmm. throughout that whole time, I was always on the side still shooting weddings. I've been a bridesmaid 13 times now. I've attended over oh 50 God. weddings. Like, your girl knew about weddings. So it was a super easy transition because I already knew kind of the layout. I knew the program. And it was such mm-hmm. an easy shift to me to just do beautiful bridal portraits and shoot weddings for people. Yeah, I think that's so interesting because there's, first of all, your story about how you got into it is just interesting in itself. But there's a lot of photographers are just only wedding photographers. And I remember, Mm -hmm. like, I tell people, I'm like, no, Alex is a fashion photographer. You have that editorial eye. And that's kind of what drew me to your work and for my wedding. Because I always tell people, like, you don't really want anything at your wedding to be too weddingy you want it to be like something you like forever and you don't always have to get like something that's just for weddings like flowers that just make sense at weddings photographers that just make sense at weddings so that's so interesting so you've what kind of made you decide to start doing weddings and how how did your fashion experience like affect your work I think the biggest reason I got into it was to shoot for friends or friends of friends. I was in a sorority. It kind of, so you're, everyone started getting married and I was a photographer. It just like in everybody's mind. So like, oh, if you take pictures, you can do anything, which isn't always the case, but I really pride myself on being able to do it all. So Mm. jumping into it was basically to like help people out in the beginning and people loved it, which is cool. So I've always been a little more selective about the weddings I take on because mm-hmm. I do have that editorial style, a little bit more of a fashion edge to it. I put a big emphasis on our more posed photos, which don't always look posed, but it's kind of the term I'll use now. Mm-hmm. And it kind of grew a little bit from there, like knowing what kind of weddings I want to do attracted the right people to me. There's definitely photographers out there that love shooting weddings only or love when a bride is like, I want almost all candids. Totally a place in the world. There's a lot of wedding photographers like that. I love the brides that want to like show off their day and have something cool. And in the case of you, yes, a lot of people have asked how to describe your wedding photos. That's the number one question in my DMs. I'm like, just give me a template I can copy and paste to people. Yeah. So what can people describe to their photographers? Maybe they can't hire you for their weddings. You're not local, whatever. Can what can they tell their photographers to get kind of the style of that you do? I for your wedding, especially I had an emphasis on timeless true tones there's a big shift right now or was for wedding photos to have like heavy muted greens really orange skin um dark and Mm. moody light and airy blah 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 yours true tones um timeless film like creamy Mm. photos but the biggest takeaway is the true tones that is something that kind of makes photos have to pop in different ways without just adjusting color And I think yours, especially your location, the flowers you chose, the black, like everything you did really lent itself and to the true tones. And it made it so those photos are going to last forever. And you're not going to look back and be like, oh, that was clearly shot in this year. Right, right. So is true tones, this might be a dumb question. Does that mean just like the true colors? 
that they yes. that they are in the photos. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So I, instead of people adjusting, so photographers will do that a lot. They'll take colors and start tweaking them, like mm-hmm. which is a very common thing. But for the most part, I really tried in yours to keep things vibrant without yeah. adjusting too much to fit a style. I love that, and I think that truly is the best way to go for a wedding, because even if you've seen, like, I was thinking about this today, actually, randomly, the evolution of Instagram and how when we first came out with it, like, we were all using the crazy filters, like, way back in 2011. (laughs) Yeah, lo-fi, whatever they were. Valencia. (laughs) Yes, Valencia, Valencia. And, And that, like, it was so hot in that time and it was cool to change the colors but now it's like what like don't you don't even touch the photo before uploading it a lot of the time and so it's similar with wedding photos it's like just you know keep it true tones because and I just love the the films you you mentioned film too like Mm -hmm. how they had that kind of feel the little a little bit of I feel like green right oh I love a little bit of green yes a little not too much because then it looks like a motion picture from the I don't know but yeah the little bit of grain really made it too it makes it look like it's like you can touch it I feel like when I go back and look at your wedding Mm -hmm. photos like they feel like I'm holding a real photo in my hand like there's something right tactile about adding grain to photos and I'm so thankful Mm -hmm. we did that for yours yeah, it's just so cool. Like, so much goes into it. I can't, I can't, you would never think that, like, all of this, I don't know, creativity really goes into the photos. When it comes to the plant based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. You mentioned that you like to do like a certain type of wedding. What style of wedding is that? Like, have you done elopements versus large weddings or what's kind of your favorite? Oh, I mean, ma'am, I have been across the board. So I have shot (laughs) gigantic weddings. I've shot on farms. I've shot all kinds of cultures. I typically shoot more um, destination weddings now where we're going Mm -hmm. somewhere and doing something really interesting. I think having the fashion side, the editorial side, we'll call it, goes together with that. But I really look for brides who 
want to go that extra step photo wise, especially because, you know, you're going to get cool candidates. That's going to definitely happen. But right. for me, finding a bride that fits the vibe that I have where the photos are going to be, they know the importance of them. They're putting a lot of value in them and mm-hmm. giving me and the videographers or second shooters the time and space to play and be creative. That way you're getting a really interesting end product. That's usually what I look for. Other than that, you could be any walk of life, any type of person living in any situation, planning any kind of wedding, and I'm I'm down. It doesn't matter. <laughs> that's so true. Like I, I didn't know that's the type you look for, but I guess that makes sense because my own wedding, I mean, I was very into the photos. And listen, I get that there's brides out there that are like, Nicole, you should be like into the wedding day. It's your wedding day. You only get one. I... It, I was still like I definitely got to enjoy my wedding day but did we definitely prioritize good photos especially leading up to like before it like during the getting ready stuff heck yes like you built in that extra time I feel like where we were like jumping on the bed getting really cool photos of me like in the pajamas with champagne and it was just like a really fun editorial shoot in a way oh I I loved it and yeah. it's fun still. It's not like it's, you know, we're yeah. sitting quietly and just snapping and all you hear is like the click of the camera. No, like we're having a good time. Like, and it's you and your loved one. You don't get a lot of right. time during your wedding day to be alone with your partner. And so mm-hmm. if I can create a space for the two of you to play together and interact and get these like genuine, fun, cool moments, that's only adding to your day. It's not subtracting from it. So you're getting cool photos and you're finally getting like to be whisked away with your partner during that time too, which I think is important. Right. And you mentioned fun, which it definitely was. (laughs) I think that had a lot to do with you and your personality. You had Mike and I for our engagement shoot in Central Park, which was below 30 degrees. I don't, it was so (laughs) cold way back in 2019. Um, And then we had you for the wedding. So would you recommend that always? Or is that kind of... um, I don't know, would you recommend using the same photographer for wedding and engagement shoot? If you have the opportunity to, always yes. I think step Mm -hmm. one should be like meeting with your vendor. So if you're the bridegroom, client, partner, marrying people, Mm -hmm. talk to several different people. Pick a few. Like you could fall in love with somebody's style and then all of a sudden you get on a Zoom with them and you'd be like, oh my God, I am such an introvert. This person is way too much. Or the opposite. Like you could be seeking out, like, this person is going to be with you the entire best day of your life. So if you're like, Mm -hmm. okay, they were kind of a bitch on our Zoom call, what are they going to be like on our wedding day? Then maybe it's not a good fit. Or if you're really type A and you love that, cool. I tell anybody that I have calls with, I will send my information to them. And then I will also recommend other wedding photographers because I think you should find the fit that feels best for you and your love. Mm -hmm. What's going to make your day the best? So that's step one. Get together, sit down, both of you, and hop on a Zoom. Face-to-face is great. If you can only do a call, fine, but a Zoom is really beneficial. Step two, then, is book an engagement session or a mini session, a couple session, whatever you can do to see if you vibe together. Because that's then going to show you, one, did you like the images? Did you like the way they made you feel during the shoot? Did you have a good time? Mm-hmm. If they're a good fit, then book them. Try not okay. to book both as a package on day one. suggest to them if they don't offer it like yeah like let's let's do a test shoot first let's get together i'll pay you for an engagement session Mm -hmm. let's see if we vibe 
that's really smart. So for those couples that, you know, maybe there's one person or both are kind of shy and quiet. I know Mike like hates the camera sometimes. He gets his, his, (laughs) the prop, the prop. Oh my God. (laughs) Only the people, the listeners, if you know, you know, um, no, but he, he gets his stamina with photos. He, we take about five and then he's like, all right, I'm, I'm done which my stamina is a lot longer because I care about the photos. Um, <laughs> what what do you do to kind of like vibe with couples like that who might be a little more camera shy? And get, how do you kind of get them out of their shell? Because you're so good at it. For what I've always learned, I've always been super interested in the psychology of photographing people. It's something that I like to teach mm-hmm. any of my mentees. Anytime I'm doing workshops on this, I think it's important to teach other people, this is how you should really work with clients. So we start slow. We start with these Mm -hmm. really purposeful planned photos, very still, very quiet, intimate, together, not a lot of movement. And then you slowly let it build. You let it build, you let it build, you let it build. Being a little empathetic is kind of helpful because you can really feel how the energy is going. That way you're not just like jumping in in their face like, all right, could you just pick her up and twirl real quick? And you're like feeling kind of weird in your body and you're like, am I twirling her right? You're building up to these like more advanced poses, if you want to call them that, or like the running, the movement. You've kind of broken the ice a little bit. Everybody's in the same rhythm, but you have to kind of start slow to get to that point. Then you start then feeling when their stamina drops because you're not doing peaks and valleys your whole shoot. It's it's a build. So all of a sudden when you realize, okay, this introverted person is really kind of losing it, let me bring it back down or let's start wrapping this up. We know we got really good stuff. I think that's really important. So if there's any photographers listening, that's such a great tip for them. Yes, yes. Okay, so you mentioned also that you like some of those post shots, which it's so funny because I'm like, if you look at our photos, they all look candid almost. Like Mm -hmm. you make it, you make us feel so natural in front of the camera that we looked candid, but little do people know you definitely posed us in a lot of them. What are some of your favorite pose shots that you'd recommend like couples must get for their wedding? If it's if it's even possible to like <laughs> verbally explain them. Yeah, well you're it's always going to depend on the environment and kind of what you're doing. I think making sure you always get a shot where you're both looking at the camera and smiling. I've mm-hmm. had friends who look through their wedding photos and they're like, "Wait, there's not like a normal one." Making sure that you at least get one basic, will last forever, perfect camera, smiling, normal pictures, great. But then as for like the other pose stuff, I think movement is such a great key. If you're hugging, if you're twirling, if you're looking at each other, if, you know, all of a sudden your partner, you're like, all right, bear hug around them. And now you're like squeezing and it's together. It gives Mm -hmm. the illusion of candid, but you're also giving your couple something to do during it. They're not just standing there being like, okay and twirl or freeze right there it's like the motion that kind of thing right. i think is super important i love during any of the photos yeah i remember telling you before i was like motion and and it's funny because <laughs> even like even if mike is shy like that in front of the camera when you had us do the funny like twirling and him picking me up it ended up we ended up laughing maybe just like at ourselves <laughs> doing these poses and so it was actually, we were actually thus having fun and, you know, you captured our smiles and laughs. Yeah. Which was great. 
Nobody should um, be taking these like way too seriously. That's when you start putting too much pressure on it and mm. then you get frustrated if they're not smiling the way you like them to smile or whatever it may be. They're going to smile the way you like it if you're having fun together and communicating with each other and laughing throughout the thing, whether you feel weird and that's why you're laughing or if you're just having a good time. Making mm-hmm. sure that you're coming into the environment light and not stressed out is crucial. Totally. And I think that leads me to my next little topic I want to discuss. <laughs> so uh, our, our number one question we got from Brides for You is, do you like when brides make a detailed shot list to give to you? Or like, I, I know diff- photographers all feel different things on this, but what's kind of your your take on shot lists being made by the bride? Um, the shot list, I don't need it. Like I've, I've mm-hmm. done enough that I, I could nail everything on any shot list you find on Pinterest without you telling me. But that's right. not to say that's for every single photographer. I just have done this a lot at this point. So I will generally cover it all because there's probably stuff you haven't thought of. But if you're the type of person that definitely wants to make sure stuff is being achieved and you know there's things you really want, especially if they're out of the box, you have to tell your photographer. Mm-hmm. Um I think that's crucial. If you're saving money, if you're on a budget and you're like, you know what, I'm going to go with a newer photographer, which is totally fine. Just know that like, okay, maybe you will want to give them a shot list to make mm-hmm. sure you're getting covered for the things you really want. I'm all on board for people Good call. saving money by trying somebody new if they're confident in their skills. Like whatever your range is, make sure you know what you definitely want. If there's stuff and certainly if there's people that you really want certain shots with, whether it be in family formals or whatever or Mm -hmm. even during the reception, getting that written down, like physically written down, not just verbalized, so someone has it day of. The more you can give your photographer ahead of time, the more weight off your shoulders. 1,000%. You had us, I remember, like, I feel like it was like two weeks before the wedding, kind of sit down like on a call together and both fill in this Google Doc that was all of the information that you needed from me to be able to like start learning for my wedding and you know I have weird I had I I have like you know weird family dynamics that you had to learn um can we talk about what was on that sheet I actually pulled it up just in case we need yeah can we talk about what was on that sheet and like what like what information you gather from couples to help you yes absolutely because the for me your day should be happy and fun the entire time I have big shoulders. I will take on any weird family thing. So I always ask my couples, what are any bugaboos in your family? I want to know if there's two people that hate each other. I want to know if somebody's Mm -hmm. secretly pregnant. And I want to know if um, people are divorced or have lost somebody or there's like a name we don't say anymore or we don't mention brother or like whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Give it to me ahead of time because I'd rather you feel those things, think that stuff out, feel it not on your wedding day, not in the middle of family formals, not when someone has to come up and whisper to me, can you move those two people around? They can't be next to each other because now everybody's feeling weird on your happy day. Mm -hmm. So I take notes the whole time and I put them in that Google sheet of any interesting family dynamics, any, your entire family formal list in general should be on there broken down. And I put notes on it, which I know we did with yours, which adjusts, Mm -hmm. um, which is always fine with me, but I think it's super great for everybody to know all your vendors to have like a little heads up if there's stuff that they need to kind of have their eyes and ears for so you get to have your whole day forgetting that any of that stuff's even happening 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's perfect because, uh, you know, there might be weird family dynamics, like you said, and it kind of is nice then if you, no offense to the photographers, if we kind of put the onus on you guys to be the bad guy, like let's say I don't want to, yeah. let's say I don't want a photo with my mother-in-law because we really don't get along or my stepmom or somebody like that. It's I could tell you like before, like, hey, just make sure like we if anything, like you tell them we're not getting those family photos with that side. Like it's the photographer and it's like that way it's the bride and or the couple doesn't have to deal with it on the day of and they get to kind of just relax. But yeah, I mean, that sheet was really helpful. I know we had like just all the family stuff. You even asked for like bridesmaids contact info, which of course, like we had a coordinator who was amazing as well and um, great vendors who could, it wasn't like you were there just like wrangling my whole wedding party, but (laughs) I do feel like you getting like everybody's contact info and all of those details, timing of what we had so far, um, other vendor info, stuff like that before the wedding. Does that like getting all of that, does that help you figure out like your photographer timeline, if that makes sense? Yes, it is such a safety net to have all of that ahead of time. Having especially the contact info, and I think that comes from being a mega bridesmaid in my lifetime, doing it so many times, to know that like the couple doesn't always have their phones on them. Even the maid of honor or groomsmen might not always. So if you have a couple, key people's phone numbers given to all your vendors. That way, again, that's more off of you. The I want mm-hmm. like my couples to have zero stress. Like that's the goal, baby. Like happiest day mm-hmm. of your life. So if I can reach out to another bridesmaid or if I could reach out to the mother of the groom and be like, hey, do you know where this is or how I get to here or I'm missing a groomsman. Can you send someone to find him? You guys don't even know. The <laughs> amount of stuff that goes on behind like uh. the couple's eyes is just absolutely insane because it really is. Oh my God, it's so much. So like the other great thing you can do for your photographers is give them not only contact info for your bridal party, but contact info for all the vendors. So I'm not asking Mm -hmm. you to find, have your flowers been dropped off. I can just call your florist and be like, hey, Stacy, where are the boutonnieres, you know? Mm -hmm. And you'll never know the difference that I had missed them at all. Totally. It's so funny. So much really does go on behind the scenes. I mean, your vendors are saints because you got, I I realized like all the stuff that went on behind the scenes after my wedding day, I didn't even realize what was going on on the wedding day. (laughs) Your Um, wedding was wild. (laughs) And that's how it really was. It really was. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, can we talk about timeline for the wedding day? You don't have to give us, you know, an exact perfect timeline, but kind of forgetting all of the great photos leading up, what's like the ideal, first of all, what's the ideal amount of hours to hire a photographer for? And then can you kind of walk us through what that timeline might look like? Yes. And now this is going to vary insanely versus what type of wedding you're having. So, Mm. you know, if you're doing a Catholic wedding, you want to factor in that we're going to have a whole mass in there. If you're having, you know, a backyard wedding and everything is in the same spot and you have 20 guests, you're going to need a lot less time. So you want to think about your number of guests. Um, Is there any like religious or spiritual ceremonies that are happening and what kind of timeline those look like? Mm-hmm. So I guess if we're talking traditional American wedding, you're looking at, I would say, a, eight hours is a safe amount of time to book a photographer. Six mm-hmm. hours could be good if you have a second shooter, 12 hours if you've got a lot of stuff going on and location changes. But keeping it in that eight-hour neighborhood is probably your best bet. Then you're getting partner one's getting ready, partner two getting ready. You're getting individuals with each of your bridal party. You're getting your family formals, things like that, making sure you're covering everything. Totally, totally. Um, Location's a good point too, because if you're like, a lot of couples will get ready at a far off location and then travel to the ceremony. So that's all stuff I feel like that you have to consider when hiring a photographer. And I didn't even think about that. Oh, yeah. Um, And putting it in your timeline, your travel time. A lot of couples forget about that. If, you know, partner one is getting ready 40 minutes away at a family member's house, you have to factor in that those people and your vendors are going to have a 40-minute drive. Totally. Oh, vendors too. That's true. Right. Your videographer is going to need it. Your photographer will need that too, depending on what's Mm -hmm. getting dropped off where. Who knows? So like if you're getting... Whatever. But yes, you have to factor in for the fact that people are going to be traveling between locations. And that also includes your ceremony to your reception. Yeah. I was a big, let's just do it all in the same location gal. Love it. That just took so much (laughs) of that. I mean, that's why we had so much time. We also had, you mentioned a second shooter, Olivia Reed photo. She was amazing. Saint, literal saint. Uh, She's great. Her photos are gorgeous too. And you found her for me. I was like, thank you. Um, (laughs) Do you always recommend a second shooter? Or is that one of those that definitely depends on the wedding as well? Totally depends on the wedding. But and that is probably the number one question that like requires a conversation Mm -hmm. with my consult calls. So like when I'm on a consult with a couple and that is usually a chunk of time dedicated to deciding if that's something they need or not. And I'll never force anybody to do it either way. Right. It can be a one-person job, but if you're having a lot of guests, like a ton of guests, I always recommend a second shooter. If you have a venue that's kind of spaced out, like say the bar is way over here, you're having the cigar Mm -hmm. section over here, you have the dance floor here, cake over here. I think it's good to have a second shooter. I did a wedding in Jamaica this past year and the bar was so far away and it was a wild wedding, mind you. So while I'm shooting like 
this groomsman with his shirt off break dancing on the dance floor. There's a bridesmaid like dancing on the bar way over here. And it was happening. I remember standing and looking and it was happening simultaneously. And I was like, uh, thank God they had a second shooter because we're both yeah, capturing everything moments. at the same time. The other benefit, yeah. again, if you're having like a lot of people knowing that we're taking photos during cocktail hour, you can have your second photographer shooting cocktail hour and they'll get photos of every single guest you have. So it's just a second set of eyes. It's also true. more footage, more people getting their photos, more memories that like you're not a part of that you'll get to see later. But if it's not your budget, don't push yourself for it. Like don't hurt your right. budget. I will say with the second shooter, I remember like we had one of you with Mike uh, getting ready. So we got getting ready sh- shots of him and his groomsmen and then of course one with us glued to me you never <laughs> left my side and no. then I don't know I feel like I, I just remember see Olivia was so helpful I rem- like d- again like you said it can be a one-person job but I feel like you know we got detailed shots of the reception the cocktail hour the guests the everything um yeah it just was nice right and to split it up a little bit too, mm-hmm. she having your second person there, but also a second set of eyes. So if you look back at your photos during your champagne popping with all your girls in the room, half the photos are with flash with like a really intense, like high contrast, cool kind of vibe. And the others are no flash. So having two people doing the exact same moment and shooting them totally different was amazing. Yes. And they bring yeah. a second set of ideas. Olivia's the coolest. She, all your detail shots. So for anybody listening, if you see the detail shots of Nicole's wedding, all of mm-hmm. them are shot on bridesmaids' dresses. And that was my second shooter's idea. And I was like, are oh. you kidding? That's the most brilliant thing I've ever heard. It matches the wedding colors. It's beautiful. It was amazing. I literally brilliant. was like, because that's something we could talk about. We could do a whole no- another episode about like prepping for the detail photos. Because <laughs> yes. I know you you guys like when the brides have everything organized in one spot, like or in one box. Labeled, you have, you know, ready the, to go. Yeah, labeled the jewelry, the rings, the ring boxes, the invitations, the save the dates, everything. I didn't even think to bring like a background for those. And like my hotel was great. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to like call it ugly, but it wasn't, there wasn't a lot of like aesthetically pleasing like fabrics around my hotel, if that makes sense. Right. So yeah, I mean, I remember seeing the photos and I was like, where'd you guys get this fabulous black silk backdrop? And you were like, a bridesmaid's dress <laughs> and I was like it that's was amazing genius it's brilliant and yeah. like I mean if it, especially if you're getting married or doing your getting ready like in a family member's house or which is totally fine or somewhere like that yeah you might not have stuff that fits your background or fits your like overall aesthetic of your wedding and I was like mind blown but it's having that like second brain there too that is bringing other ideas to the table and just like making your dreams come to life was brilliant in my eyes totally totally would you regarding like timing on the day of would you recommend start early or end super late and like start late does that make sense yes yes okay so so I would rather and again this totally depends on your vibe but for me I would rather start early and end earlier than start later and end later because Mm -hmm. Those like getting ready moments, I think are so key and gorgeous and beautiful. And some photographers will let you add on hours like the night of. So like I have a fee, like, okay, if I'm there and you're like, I want to buy an extra hour, 
okay, like this is how much it's going to cost. Sign right here. Bada bing, bada bing. Yeah. And then you can stay later. So if you're like, I totally want more party photos, like I am – you know, a party girl, I want pictures of everyone losing their minds on the dance floor. This is going to be a dancing wedding, you know, or if someone's going to get thrown off a chair and the photographer's gone. <laughs> oh, that was with me. <laughs> Thank God for the phone cameras for that moment. Yes. I remember you telling me all this, like we were talking about timing. And I was like, I've got to let you guys go at some point. And you were like something along the lines of honestly, like how many dancing photos do you really need and I'm so glad you said that because I mean we're visibly we get like sweatier and drunker (laughs) towards the end of the night like there are and you guys got incredible dance floor photos that Mike and I look back on and laugh on and send to our guests all the time but it's like how many of those do we really need we don't we did not need any more I feel like I think that's a great point um, so good job me for making it earlier in our relationship. But yes, it's yeah. true. You really don't. And you're just, I mean, especially like weddings like that where people are really on the dance floor. Like I could sit there and just click the button like nonstop and I'm getting gold every time I'm pushing it. So yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Like I could do that all night, but you're going to get tired of looking at those at a certain point. And once I know that I've kind of hit everybody that's crushing it, it's going to be repetitive. And you're right. Everyone right. is also going to get sweatier, get drunker. That's like something I always tell couples, like you can't Photoshop drunk and you can't Photoshop high. Like Mm-mm. if you're going to do those things, save it till the end, then lose your little minds because you're going to be able to tell in photos early on. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. So when you've done the wedding, wedding's done, you obviously take time to turn around the photos, edit parts, but you don't do like hardcore Photoshopping and stuff, I feel like, right? No, you can purchase additional like retouching if you want to. I do light retouching on everything. Um, But no, and it's, it's, most people don't really ask for a lot of that. If they know that they're going to print something like 16 by 20 on their wall and they're like, could you just jazz this up a little? Yeah, absolutely. But Photoshopping, surprisingly, like people don't ask for it as often as you'd think. Like they think they want it. But if you're a good enough photographer, you can listen to people's insecurities and work around them and Mm -hmm. learn how to play up the things they love and not to highlight the things that they maybe don't love so much. Totally. And I feel like, yeah, nobody hopefully is being like, Photoshop me to look skinnier. Like we're, we're past that, you guys. It's 2022. All bodies are good bodies. Exactly. How many photos normally in the final batch are you delivering? And do you... Like, or what is, is there a standard that like all photographers usually try to give 200 photos or whatever? That is, I mean, some photographers do put like a hard limit on it. That's something I like kind of pride myself on. I especially shoot, you know, I like to shoot for more like influencers, kind of weddings, things like that, stuff Mm -hmm. that's like a little, so those you get more back. You're going to get more because there might be product placement or there might be things they really wanted and needed. But typically, I don't give a limit. 200, you should at least be getting 200 pictures back, I would say is a mm-hmm. pretty good standard baseline. Anything above that's going to be amazing. I think I gave you um, roughly 1 million photos. But- <laughs> no, legit, legit <laughs> a million. Like, and like that's, you're still I looking mean, through them, you haven't seen them all yet. 
Yeah, no, truly. I we still I'm still like Mike sit down with me. We've got to look through. We have to look through the raw footage from Abby, our videographer who was wonderful too. We ha- we have so much to still look through because you guys were just <laughs> amazing. Okay, well before we move on to our emails, a couple last fun questions from our audience. One was what's your least favorite thing about shooting weddings? Oh my gosh, my least favorite thing about shooting weddings. God, probably standing up for that long, first and foremost. Secondly, vendor meals. Now, this I did not Mm. realize because I got very lucky a lot of the weddings I shoot. So everyone listening, feed your vendors. So Mm -hmm. I have it in my contract now that I must be fed a hot meal or the same meal as the guests. So Yeah. And I'm gluten-free, so that's sometimes a little bit tricky. But a lot there's so many horror stories nikki like of people mm. you're there you've shot now you're 10 hours in you're exhausted you still have oh two hours God. to go and like you can pack snacks but there's not like a ton of time to eat and you don't get the appetizers you're literally shooting the entire time so yeah. then you like sit down for your vendor meal and they hand you like a plastic wrapped sandwich and that's no. it and you're like i'm no. 10 hours in like i'm literally gonna cry also i'm gluten Fainting. free so like, so i can't wait to eat this cold wet turkey out of a sandwich with Uh -uh. no condiments so yes that's probably the trickiest thing is the food situation and like i always like i always tell people well-fed people are happy people i pack snacks i want to make sure like anybody in my circle is well-fed that's tricky but that besides that the hardest part about wedding photography is having the stamina to do it it is not for the faint. It is a long day where you constantly have to be on. You don't get to really sit down. You don't get a lot of breaks. Yours looks, your style of photography looks physically enduring too, because Mike and I would laugh because you would be like in a tree, like on the corner, like in the sewer, taking a photo for like to get the shot and to get the angle. So not only are you physically bopping around but it's mentally taxing because you're trying to remember all the info and stay on the timeline and do all of that so great job to you because and and the least you deserve is a very good meal like more than just I feel like some venues will treat vendor meals as like a kid's meal they're like a quick chicken tender and small fry and it's like no make sure your vendors are well fed because like you said fed people are happy people and you want your happy vendors to be happy yes everyone should work. be happy and they yeah you want them to do the best work possible so please feed them and they'll be more likely to stay longer and do cooler stuff but yeah totally. this is physically taxing totally we'll jump into one of our emails that's for a photographer so perfect i'll go ahead and read it she says Hi, my photographer wants a detailed list of all the family pictures we want for our wedding. We are insisting on doing them as quickly as we can. Ceremony and reception are both on site so we can enjoy as much of the cocktail hour as possible. The problem is my parents are divorced and remarried, so we have basically double the normal family portraits. Additionally, there are aunts and uncles and we aren't very close with that are invited to the wedding, but we don't necessarily want them in pictures slash want to take the time to take pictures with them. Is there a way we can strategically ask family members to hang out after the ceremony without just announcing all families stay at the end? I'm worried about having to chase down cousins who we want in the picture and have distant aunts and uncles hanging around to take pictures that they won't be asked to take any. 
I'm hoping I don't have to text 70 people and make the officiant make a vague statement like, okay, those who were asked to stay, please stay seated. But if it sounds like this is my best, smoothest option, given the time and importance of wanting to attend cocktail hour. Thanks for any advice. Love listening to you guys. (laughs) Just to summarize, she sounds like she has a bunch of family members, a bunch of family dynamics with the divorced and remarried parents. Who doesn't? um, (laughs) And wants to know, right? And wants to know best way to go about getting the photos with the family members she wants. And then also like not getting ones that she's not very close with. Yes. So this does come up a lot. So that's why it's great to have your list ahead of time. So she's got her list. She knows her wants. She knows her doesn't want of who's supposed to be there. I know she said she doesn't want to text 70 people, but she just might have to or like send a picture of that list. What I would suggest then is having a designated family member that might not be in the bridal party because you don't want to be like chasing that person down. But a cousin, a sibling, somebody responsible who knows Mm -hmm. the family and knows the list, maybe one from each side, that will be responsible for knowing who's supposed to be in those family portraits. I would let those people know ahead of time, hey, we're not asking everyone to be in the family photo, only certain people. So that way they know, okay, maybe I don't say this to everyone at the family reunion, but I know that I need to be there. Then at the end, having that designated family person reminding people or even beforehand, like, hey, remember, you got to stay back after the ceremony. So then you've got at least a good chunk of people. And if you start seeing, like, if you're looking around and you're like, oh, wait, there's my grandma, there's my siblings, my whole family's still here. Aren't I supposed to still be here? Yes. If you know where you're doing it ahead of time, that's helpful, too. That way those people know, like, all right, after the ceremony, we're all going to the side of the barn to do like family formals um, without having the officiant have to announce to the whole family. My solution Mm -hmm. for couples that are worried about aunts and uncles feeling left out is during your reception, having the DJ yell like, all right, can I have the whole Scanlon family come to the back of the dance floor? Uh Photographer, quick shot, easy, done. Whoever can be there is there. You get everybody. They don't feel left out anymore, but they don't have to take away time from your timeline. You also don't have to be standing right there. Somebody else could be gathering family during the reception, and you could be having a good time or getting a drink or whatever you want to do, and then we pull you in last. So I think that's a good workaround. Yeah, like you don't have to have every single extended family member in the photos that happen right after the ceremony or in the family formals. It can be still getting a photo together if you feel, I mean, with I have so many aunts and uncles who I'm very close with and we didn't, I just was like, it's not a priority for me to get a giant photo with all of them just because we have so many on both my side and Mike's side. So I, but I do like that idea. I know you got one of, or one you or Olivia got one of me, my grandfather, Mike, which we really wanted, but it was more, um, it was it was right before the reception, right after the ceremony. I don't know. It was right after cocktail hour. So it wasn't during like the traditional family time slot or whatever. Um, and it worked great. Right. We love the photo. Yeah, I love that. I also remember you told us to do, make you that family groupings list, which I get a lot of questions about. And it was like, put the family members, like when you do do the family formals, make that groupings list where it's like the larger groups first. So you have like, if you want a big shot with all bride family and then all 
groom family or whatever you put those at the top and then you make the lists like or you make the groupings smaller and smaller as they go down so like then just one with bride and siblings then just one with bride and sister then like just so you're letting people kind of leave right after they're done so you start with the most people because it can be hard to wrangle people that's why I loved your tip about designating a family member to help so you're just wrangling a lot of people at first and then you're dismissing them as their photos get taken Right. Instead of having too many people standing around, if they're, it's an inverted triangle. Yeah. So they're all there. And I usually Mm -hmm. do both sides of the, like bride side and groom side or groom, groom, bride, bride, whatever, partner Mm -hmm. one, partner two, (laughs) all sides together first, getting everybody in it. That way, if later you don't want to blend certain things, you've got one picture that has literally everybody in it. So people don't feel weird because they're like, all right, this is the one with everybody, but then Mm -hmm. you don't have to worry about you feeling weird, them feeling weird. So then I like to break it up. So say partner one is not a blended family and it's really tiny and partner two has, you know, a family like ours where it's like people all over the place. Mm -hmm. So I will do the littler family first. That way they're not just standing around waiting for them to like go through all these different groupings. Littler family first, send them on their way. And then you can start your next inverted pyramid where it's like the next big chunk and then start breaking down, breaking down. I always recommend if you're doing grandparent pictures, get those done first, like get them in the big shot, then get your individual so that way they can go and like sit down. They're not Mm -hmm. standing and waiting the whole time. And then Mm -hmm. keep going down, keep going down, keep going down. If you haven't, if you're doing your bridal party next, keep them all close by or have them in the last groupings because they're going to have to be there anyway. Totally. And you, for the family formals, when do you typically recommend that in the timeline? All right, so if we're talking a basic standard timeline, I would do directly after ceremony, jump into family formals because you're going to have a lot of family there. They're going to want to mingle and go talk to people. I would go straight into that because you're going to lose them and it's going to be hard to find them. Or maybe the older people have to leave sooner rather, whatever it may be. So you're already there. They're already hopefully close by because you just did ceremony. Do your family formals. Get them done. Send them on their way. That gives your bridal party a chance to have a drink. And now on that note, don't let your bridal party go because you will never find them again. Oh, so, so uh, true. Most a lot of a lot of um, couples I know what they'll do is they'll have a designated area for their bridal party to wait, and they will have your vendor or your venue bring them a tray of drinks, like whether it be like a whole bunch of beers, cocktails, if you're drinkers, whatever it might be, water, who cares, and then. Um, their own tray of appetizers because if you start sending them back into the world we'll never see them again so I typically do ceremony family formals bridal party just the couple that way you're getting your just the couple pictures in like that nice low good lighting the family stuff is done they're on their way the bridal party can be like while we're still hype and then they're gone and then it's just the two of you and you can just have a few minutes of yourself before you get introduced into your reception Got you, got you. Okay, that's all very good knowledge. I love the idea of the tray of drinks and food for the bridal party to keep them there without losing them. Um, we For my wedding, we did the bridal party and family stuff before the ceremony, though. Did you, mm. was that a good, remember? Yes, so that's, and that's the first look conversation that also happens oh, yeah. all the time. So, 
And that can be possible if you're doing a first look. I would say the two biggest conversations I have is second shooters and do we do a first look? Because they're so... Do you typically recommend first look for that Um, reason? I try and let it be up to the couple. Because some people Mm -hmm. really want that traditional moment when you like turn down the aisle and your partner sees you. And some people want that to be a more private setting. So mm-hmm. I don't mind either way. Being the kind of photographer I am, I would rather have my like couple photos be during like that low pre-sunset, juicy, good golden hour light. And if you do a first look and want them like as early as you can, you're getting a little bit of a brighter photo, which is totally fine and weather dependent mm-hmm. and location dependent, but still. So if you're doing a first look, then you can really start pumping stuff out prior. And then your bridal party can go enjoy cocktail hour and you can go do some photos, the two of you. But either way isn't bad. I don't think there's like good or bad anything. But if you do want to like knock stuff out early so you can just get to the party, then Mm -hmm. I would suggest doing a first look. I would suggest then as many bridal party photos pre-ceremony as you can. Like Mm -hmm. everyone's going to be the freshest. They're not going to be as sweaty depending on the time of the year. It's just a little bit cleaner, and then you don't have to worry about trying to find them later. Right, right. That's what I liked about our timeline. We we did, you got there, we did details shots, getting ready shots for both me and Mike. We did getting ready shots for just me. We did bridal, getting, like, physically putting on the dress. I forget what it's called. We did, um, you know, the bride portraits, then first look shots, couples portraits, then family formals then bridal party and then finally i don't know you took a bunch along the way there's probably something else (laughs) in there and then ceremony and then you guys grabbed us for a couple minutes just to do those beautiful sunset photos right after the ceremony before me and mike got released into cocktail hour but it didn't take long at all and then we got to enjoy cocktail hour which i'm so glad we did because that's it, it goes by so fast i know that's yeah that's a hot topic the cocktail hour whether you're gonna be there for it or not like the whole reason for a cocktail hour was like invented so your guests had something to do while you got your photos done but there's been like a huge swing in brides grooms couples wanting to attend cocktail hour which i think is fine but you're right like that's when we got those stunning sunset photos so that's a conversation you'll have to have with your photographer and videographers about timing wise, like where your importance lies. Like if you want those golden hour photos, you might have to sacrifice your cocktail hour, but you're also gonna be drinking and having fun with your friends all night long too. Totally, totally. Yeah. I don't know, I th- I liked, I thought ours worked because yeah, we weren't there for the entire hour, but, but you got I, some. I love those photos we got, yeah. And I do recommend trying to at least attend some of your cocktail hour because you never get that back and it's fun and I often recommend to brides and to just like talk to the the cocktail hour is when you get to talk to a lot of your guests and kind of like thank them for coming that way at the actual reception you don't have to spend a whole hour going around to tables and thanking people so if you started at cocktail like I remember Mike and I did our rounds at the reception to tables but if we had already really spent time with the people at cocktail hour, we were like, okay, we don't really need to go up to their table. We already saw them. Like, we'll see them on the dance floor later. So, so smart. Yeah. And from like Ugh. the photo filter, since that's why we're here, you could like get those extra photos too with people that are at the cocktail hour. Like while you still have good light, yeah. while it's still bright out, you can like 
get pictures with this group of friends or like, okay, if I want to get pictures with like all my coworkers or all my sorority sisters or whatever mm-hmm. it might be, you can have those little opportunities That's created so there. True. And then your rest of your night, you can just be doing whatever you want. One of my favorite shots is the one you got of one of my friends taking a photo of Mike and I at the cocktail hour with our signature oh. drinks in hand. And it's a very candid one. And it's it's one of my favorite shots. We both look so that's we were like, we look good in that one. We're using <laughs> that. that's like yes. one of our top ten. Um, so yeah, cocktail hour. Definitely try to go to it. Um, Alex. This was great. We're having you back on because you're a wealth of knowledge. I learned so much. And sometimes on these episodes, I feel like I like have learned everything there is to learn about weddings, but not this one for sure, because you just dropped so many tidbits of knowledge. Thank you so much. Before I let you go, um, what's any last piece of advice like for the couple? Um, like what's one thing you wish more couples would do or remember to do on their wedding day? I wish couples would take, and this isn't even much from like a photo standpoint, this is more from like a personal standpoint. I wish mm-hmm. couples would remember to take at least one minute to be alone with their partner. And it's something I've started practicing, especially when they do a first look or, you know, when I finally get them for one-on-ones or whatever. I will pull the videographers, the second shooters, whatever, away. And I'll be like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to give you guys... 60 seconds and you finally get to like sit or stand with your person and just talk for a second and look at each other and like right soak up that goodness it the day does go by so fast and if you can make a conscious moment like even if you have to let your vendors know like I'm scheduling in this one minute period where I get to just be with Mm -hmm. my partner quietly and alone bonus points if it's like a really photogenic place and I'm shooting through a bush whatever but if you get to have that one minute alone I think that is so sacred and special and good that's so important some people do a last dance too where it's like all the guests leave the reception and the couple stays and dances that with nobody in there is the cutest thing I have heard in my life I've seen it on like TikTok that it's either a last one or or f- before, sometimes I think you can, like before everybody enters the reception, the couple just d- does a dance together. I'm going to throw up. That's the cutest thing I've ever heard in my whole life. I changed my piece of advice. That's my piece of advice. Do that instead. <laughs> For inspiration, truly try searching like last dance or like first last dance. I don't know, iterations of that on TikTok because there are some cool videos that show like, I don't know what, what the experience is like and looks nice all right alex where can everybody find you online oh um please go to my instagram at alex ashman photos i am there i am posting stuff occasionally uh doing a lot more on the story front but yes please find me there or at alex ashman photography.com thank you so much and till death do us part the Betches Brides podcast is produced by Sean Kilby and Jorge Morales Pico. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Guest booking by Nicole Pellegrino. Be sure to follow us at Betches Brides and send us your emails to brides at betches.com. Betches.